0: Welcome to The Revcast, the weekly podcast where we discuss real-life issues and how to make sense of the chaotic crazy. I'm your host, Reverend Daniel Rogers, a.k.a. The Rev, and I've brought friends with us today and as always, the most lovely, most gifted, and most talented, Miss Amanda Albright. Miss Amanda, happy Easter. He has risen. He has risen indeed. Hey, how was your holy week in Easter?
1: Yeah, Rev, it was a great week. It was actually, it was kind of an adventurous week, you know, like an adventurous week from home. We had a, a roommate moved in, so we kind of shuffled around bedrooms and had a new gal move into our house. One of the roommates had a birthday, so we built an axe-throwing target for her, painted it oh pink. My. We've been throwing axes in the backyard, and then we we enjoyed our church's Good Friday service and our Easter service as well. It was really special, special to be with people in that way. Kind of bittersweet, but still special. How about you, Rev? How was
0: your Easter? It was really great. You know, I was thinking uh, yesterday, which was Easter Sunday, about the message of the resurrection and how timely uh, that message is for us every day. But particularly during this season, we need the message of hope and of new life in the midst of so much disease and death that death has been defeated and that gives us great hope and assurance that the best is yet to come so it is a great day great day amanda who do we have with us today
1: yeah we're super excited today we have mr justin ramsey with us uh, justin's Been with us now for three years. This is his third year teaching at BCS. And before he was at Bellevue Christian, he went to Seattle Pacific University and uh, majored in history and secondary education. He was also a four year collegiate track runner running the 400 meter dash and a couple of other sprints. Um, Justin started with us in 2017 and He loves being at BCS, and we all can tell all the time that Justin loves being with us. Our students also love being with him. Uh, Justin teaches in the history department, so he teaches three different classes there in the history department. And then is also one of BCS's track coaches. Uh, Justin is from Colorado, so he loves hiking and skiing and running, and Justin also loves food. And anybody who's ever talked with him knows the guy's a foodie. He's a foodie. um, Yep, loves the feasting. (laughs)
0: Justin, it's so great to have you with us today. You know, as I talk to high school students, um, your name often comes up uh, as one of the student faves, man. They love you, and they love your class that you teach on contemporary world issues. Justin, can you tell us a little bit about that class and uh, maybe kind of what the heart of that class is about?
2: Yeah, thank you so much for having me on, and I've been listening throughout the weeks, and what I love about uh, the podcast is that it's just another cool way which BCS is adapting to sort of this environment. And yeah. like, I'm listening to it. I'm like, this sounds so professional. Like Rev and Amanda sound like naturals. It's awesome. Oh
0: yeah, man, this is no apple and oranges operation, bro.
2: No, this is like the real deal. So anyway, I I appreciated listening <laughs> to it, and everyone that you you've had on that I listened to, like, I'm just impressed by the quality. Mm-hmm. Of sort of the way people are talking and articulating their ideas, I was listening to Williams um, for for Holy Week and about music and and sort of his yeah. you know cognitive dissonance between sort of his logical and sort of emotional. I just I was like oh that is super interesting. So
0: yeah yeah we're surrounded with good people brother and you certainly are one of them. Thank we're glad so to have you man.
2: Answering your question, uh, contemporary world issues is our twelfth grade part of our twelfth grade history sort of curriculum. Uh, Students take a semester of that and then we'll go to political government and vice versa throughout that last year. Um, Contemporary World Issues is really centered on teaching students how to think, not what to think. Mm. With a class like that, it's so broad. Contemporary World Issues, right? What does that really mean for us? Um, It's basically centered on four principles, um, which the first one is the world is more complex than we know or think. The second one is we all respond to the world, whether we think we do or not. And those are usually through habits, The third principle is that our ability to sort of perceive or respond to the world is actually worse than we think. And therefore, we don't know ourselves as well as we think we do. Because if you are overestimating your ability, that means you don't understand yourself as well as you think you do. And then that fourth principle is because of that, we need to pause, reflect on which habits we either need to reshape or get rid of or adopt. Um, And so we kind of walk through issues in that cycle. Um, And a lot of our principles and sort of philosophy of how we approach the world is based on that.
0: Mm, That's really good. So you're basically you're giving students a lens for how to view contemporary world issues. Could you help us maybe apply this lens and the skills that you use in in, in the class to give us a framework for how we can engage and think about the coronavirus?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. Um, Two main themes of CWI is discerning competing truths and sort of navigating the acquisition and encountering of information. Mm. So give you a little picture in the sort of how we talk about competing truths. We know that truth is a complicated thing because truth doesn't just stay in one perspective. There's a lot of different perspectives that can be truthful. And in the coronavirus, you see this constantly come up in news conferences and analyses, right? It's like social distancing is hurting the economy. And if you're a big business owner, then your profits are falling. So Social distancing is bad. Mm -hmm. But if you're like my friend who runs a music therapy business and her clientele is mostly an elderly population, social distancing is actually saving her business. And so the question isn't really which one is true. It's how do you balance those competing truths? And so the real life kind of way to go about this, we we often want to sort of simplify and distill life as right and wrong. Like there's a right decision, a wrong decision. But really what it is about is how do we choose the best process to get at truth? And Mm. so we're called not to just be right, but to be righteous and Mm. being right is an outcome oriented idea and being righteous is a process oriented sort of methodology. And so discerning truth is really crucial in that process. And then the second part is sort of how do you navigate information um, and acquisition of information? So much of that is tricky because information is embedded in different truth claims, right? Like going back to the same two examples I gave, like based on your version of what you hear about social distancing, it's either great or not great. Or I should say it's necessary or not as necessary. And so how do you balance sort of looking at information properly? And the first step is to realize like the first principle states in CWI, the world is actually more complex than you think. The people we really should be listening to are the ones that say, we know X, Y, and Z, but really not super well, and we're trying to figure out how to do it. The people who you should avoid are the ones that are like, if we just do this one thing, it's solved. That's when you know, oops, we've oversimplified this very complex issue.
1: Oh man, I feel that. Like so convicting and so compelling. I'm to my core a black and white thinker. I want to do the right thing and I want to avoid the wrong thing. So this is this zone where it's like more about the process and less about the outcome is so hard for me. So hard for me, but I um it rings true for me as well the idea of righteousness and rightness. Thank you. It's really really yeah, deep, wise. So kind of moving forward from there, um I was reading at the beginning of this outbreak about the Chinese symbol for crisis and embedded In the Chinese symbol is the symbol for opportunity. So I wanted to ask how this pandemic offers our community and BCS culture an opportunity, even though it is um, a crisis of sorts. How is there an opportunity embedded in there?
2: Well, again, it's a matter of perspective, right? Opportunity, danger, faith, doubt, usually the same coin, just depends on the perspective you're looking at, right? I think a good principle for just living life in general is it's better to be strong than safe. Hope is a great plan, but hope with backup is a better plan. <laughs> and I think what this is revealing to us is let's stay hopeful, but how prepared are we to do this well? And what I really think BCS is nailing is that we're maintaining our cheerful disposition, our hopefulness, and that God is working through this somehow. But ultimately we're adapting and we have the structure in place where we can actually do the real work hope is good as only as it produces real work and what i love is that your podcast is a perfect example of that really though because it'd be one thing to say well we hope you're all staying spiritually engaged it's another thing to say you know what let's create an actual new system that we haven't done before so there's that danger opportunity paradigm sort of played out in reality
0: well, this is so good. We're talking today about how to make sense of all the chaotic crazy. This is hard work here, friends, so we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to talk to our friend and colleague, Shelley Brasted, about how we can love our neighbors during this season of social distancing and the stay-home order. Oh, man, we need to grab us some milk and cookies. We'll be right back.
2: What's up, guys? Jacob Robley here, along with my friend Reese Foley, and we want to encourage you to check out the Spiritual Life resource page on the BCS website at bellevuechristian.org slash spiritual life. Reese, have you seen this?
3: You bet, Jacob. There's some great stuff there. The RevCast with Rev and Miss Albright is so cool. They are the bomb. They invite people within the BCS community to help us make sense of the chaotic, crazy season that we're in. Jacob, have you seen the Jam cast?
2: Oh, yeah, that's my jam. Oh, actually, you and me, Reese, and the other students in the chapel leadership class get together to put it together every week for elementary school students and their parents to have a virtual chapel experience.
3: Yeah, and I don't know if you know, Jacob, but you can also find an awesome weekly devotion. I actually saw that this morning. It's posted every week, and this is something you can do on your own or with a friend or with the whole family.
2: Yeah, and I hear there's even more stuff coming. So go check out the Spiritual Life resource page at bellychristianorg slash spiritual life.
0: Welcome back to the RevCast, the weekly podcast where we discuss real life issues trying to make sense of the chaotic crazy. I'm your host, the Rub, and we're here with the lovely Miss Amanda Albright. And today we are trying to make sense of all this chaotic crazy, Miss Amanda. Hey, could you introduce our next guest for us?
1: I would love to. Our next guest is Shelly Bracet. And Shelly is a colleague that I get to work closely with, but she also has become a dear friend. She is a woman who is dedicated through and through, um, dedicated her life to God, and is a very spirit filled woman. She's a delight. Shelly is from Alaska. She's been with us at BCS for about 17 years. She's actually not sure. It's around 17. Um, She started out teaching fourth grade at Three Points and then stepped into a service learning role. And she actually piloted and implemented and started our service learning program and then has worked closely with me to put our service learning program together with our work in teaching for transformation in more recent years. Shelly is also married to her husband, TK, and is mom to five-year-old Harper. And Harper is a wellspring of energy and joy. She's five years old. She's a pre-K student at Three Points. Um, Shelly and her family also attend Rainier Avenue Church in South Seattle, which is a a particularly diverse population. And Shelly brings a passion for incorporating the voices of people with many different backgrounds. And she lives very close to me up here in Bothell.
0: Shelly, it's great to have you. Shelly, I remember the first time that we met, I had come from Boston where I had lived and planted a church and pastored a church for 10 years in the inner city. And uh, the DNA of our church was loving God and loving your neighbor. Uh, We took that very seriously. And when we talked about our neighbor, it wasn't some theoretical idea. It was actually the person that walked in front of our house on the sidewalks or lived right next door to us. And I know that when you and I first met, we we resonated together on that because I know that God has given you a great heart for your neighbors, your actual neighbors. Shelly, would you start by just sharing with us a little bit about your story and how God grew that heart in you?
3: Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. This is such a delight for reasons of connection and beyond. Mm -hmm. Rev, I do remember first hearing you speak and having the opportunity to meet you. And I share that uh, memory of instantly feeling connected to a deep belief in Christian community Mm -hmm. and using that model of um, being among people that you might otherwise view as other, but really are your brothers and sisters. So uh, thank you for the introduction, Amanda. I do have a deep, deep passion to understand more about people that have different backgrounds and worldviews than I do and try to glean what God has for that in that for me. I believe that God planted these seeds all along the way Uh, in ways that I recognized and ways that I didn't at the time. As a child, I do remember my mother being very intentional in teaching me that every person is valuable. And I also remember her cultivating, really almost demanding that I be mindful of the person sitting alone, the person at school that wasn't included on the playground. And I was challenged to be the one to go and invite, to go sit down next to. So I think I would be amiss if I didn't offer props to my mom for beginning that worldview. I remember teaching fourth grade and that being a season of developing afresh my uh, picture of who is my neighbor. I cared so deeply for these nine and 10-year-olds. And before it had a name um, through Teaching for Transformation, I knew that I had a deep hope for them. And that deep hope was rooted in wanting them to know that if they knew God loved them and they loved him back, that they had God's power within them. To have the kingdom of God within you is a very powerful tool to love others, to make a difference in the world, to follow Christ. So being with them each day in that setting where I had this amazing privilege to influence what they believed, that definitely cultivated my attention to who is your neighbor and how do you actually show love to your neighbor and how does it begin with the people in your classroom?
1: Well, Shelley, that was beautiful. I I knew bits and pieces of that story, but hearing, hearing you kind of talk through how God has developed this heart in you. You've given me this glimpse of how, of God himself and of his heart himself through the telling of your story. Thank you for sharing that. Um, Shelly, early, early on in this new online world that we're in, you sent me a list of like 20 bulleted items. It might've been 30. It was a lot of bullet points on a list that you called connection without contact. And on that list were all kinds of creative things for how to connect with neighbors and people around you and people outside of your, like, quarantine cohort. And so I'm wondering what motivated you to do that and then how you have been pursuing connection without contact.
3: I love being a part of the Bellevue Christian School community. I love my work and my role. It brings me great satisfaction. And so I think in part, that list was an extension of the role that I fill within our community. It felt like a natural extension of wanting to support teachers and families and students that I assumed were thinking about and struggling with many of the same things that I was, where you're confronted with people, Christian and non-Christian, talking about an opportunity to um, show goodness and kindness. So my personal conviction of, all right, Shelly, there's an opportunity for um, the rubber to meet the road in what you say you believe, and the opportunity is ripe. Uh, But also just thinking about my Bellevue Christian School colleagues and families and how How can I be a blessing to them? How can I share with them the ideas that are already floating around my head and heart? How can I give them concrete, tangible things that will allow them um, to draw their eyes off of the chaos and the disruption and instead fill their cup in a way that serves as a really beautiful and useful
1: distraction? Thank you, Shelley. So your final question is just how you would encourage others in this time. How can we be loving our neighbors? How would you suggest that we pursue connection without contact with the people around us?
3: Well, I think my first offering would be whether you are single or parenting, whether you are an adult or a high school student or a pre-K, to give yourself grace upon grace upon grace. I uh, was sent by a friend uh, some sort of little funny quip that it's okay to not be your most productive during a global pandemic. It really is. So my hope in my heart is that people will be motivated to use this opportunity to love their neighbor in new ways, but also not to see it as a legalistic Christian requirement. I believe deeply that when we learn the stories of others, it shapes us. And noticing a neighbor walking around in your cul-de-sac or on your sidewalk and maybe using this season to be more courageous and say hi from a distance and strike up a conversation the story that emerges even in a 10-minute exchange can draw you into a relationship that wouldn't have otherwise existed and it allows for a story that you might not have otherwise heard so it's not very uh, fancy But I would just encourage looking for opportunities to be in conversation with people in ways that you otherwise wouldn't have. As for more concrete things that my daughter and I have done together, my husband and I have done together, we made a giant, big old mess of a poster and hung it on where the um, post people come, where the um, garb, you know, the waste management comes. And it just says, Thank you for your service. And it's adorable because a five year old made it. And it's a way of saying I see you and I appreciate you. We would have mm. never done that before. Uh, we are living out a lot of kids baking championship around here. I have never consumed so much butter in my entire life. It's Oh, I, yeah, the leggings are going to be a staple after this if I'm not careful. (laughs) So um, we, we randomly deliver desserts to people's doors because, you know, what do we got to do that we can't spare 15 minutes to drive? So we ring the doorbell and then we back up and we wave and we have a 10 minute conversation with someone. We got to send cards to our buddies at one of the senior living, assisted living centers. So all the art and all the cards it's the little things that really feel like big things in this time maybe it only takes us 15 minutes to create something or to talk together about what we might do but then once we've done it in ways that maybe you felt a little depleted i find that it refuels
0: Shelly, this is so good. It's the little things, the little things. That's so good. Thank you so much, Shelly. Thank you for joining us, Justin. It's great to have you. Thank you so much for being here with us. Well, this has been so good. Miss Amanda, what do we have on the RevCast for next week?
1: Yeah, Rev, next week is a, a new take. Next week, we've invited a couple of our BCS high school students. Mr. Josh Clark, Miss Natalie Chellis will be joining us, and they're going to be sharing how they're doing with social distancing and online learning. We just can't wait to hear from them.
0: Oh, I can't wait for that. That's going to be another great time. Well, friends, thanks for tuning in to the RevCast, and we'll see you back here next week where we will discuss real-life issues and making sense of all the chaotic crazy. So until next time, the Lord bless you and keep you. Don't do anything that we wouldn't do. Have clean hands and a clean heart.
1: Remember, we love you.
0: And, that and Jesus, Jesus loves you, loves you even, even more.
3: more. <laughs> <laughs> Your little cackle gets me every time. <laughs> you guys are adorable. I can't. <laughs> <even hear you. laughs>